Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Edcox. I'm your host, Lindsay Nobles. I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. I'm your host, Nicole Ingram. And I'm your host, Hannah Warren. Hi, Mick. Hi, Han. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today for a special bonus episode. I always love an excuse to chat with you, you know? I know. I think our episodes that we did for last May, Mental Health Awareness Month, are some of my favorite. If you haven't checked those out, go do it, y'all, because they're really fun. I know. It really is a a dream come true that we get paid to talk to each other. It's kind of fun. (laughs) I'd do it if I didn't get paid. (laughs) Me too. Sign me up forever. Um, So this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes, ma'am. So being midway into Mental Health Awareness Month, we wanted to go first and just kind of do a check-in. We know that mental health can often feel overcomplicated. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but like even in such great things like Mental Health Awareness Month or things like that, it can feel like a lot. It can feel like a lot of content's coming my way. It can feel like, oh, that's another great idea, but I can't incorporate that too. It can feel like I don't have the margin or the energy or the resources to do all the things that I want to do to care for myself. Do you relate to that? Absolutely. My overachiever can take control of like, okay, I should do more. I should care for my mental health this way and add this practice and do this thing. And I think I'm in a season where I can't add anything more to my plate. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And I think oftentimes when we think about our mental health, we think about it in more or these big moments or grandiose things. Um, And those things can be really great. Like, like going to an on-site workshop or yes. like being in a program or like investing in therapy. Those things are all really amazing tools and resources that can be an amazing jumpstart to the emotional health that we desire. And equally important are some of the little things. And so that's yes. kind of what we want to talk and explore together today. Yeah. What's working for your mental health right now? What small practical things? I would say disclaimer, um, what work, what's working now is how we're approaching yeah. this because sometimes I get the achiever in me gets kind of frustrated where it's like, mm. oh, this has worked in the past. I am even reflecting to last year's mental health awareness month and some of the practices that we talked about. I'm like, those aren't working for me right now because my life yeah. looks really different. I'm different. I've grown and those practices aren't bad. Um, but we have to be willing to kind of evaluate where we are at right now, what needs we have right now, what goals we have right now, um, and what resources we have right now, energy, time, relationship, financial, all of that as well. So permission, everybody get out a giant permission slip pad and write yourself one that says, what do I need right now? And what's working for me right now? Yes, I have permission to do what works right now, today, in my season, in my circumstances. And that could change tomorrow. When I did an on-site experience, I had a lot more capacity to set aside that time. And I also made that time. I was you know, willing to do that because I was in a place where I really needed it. But today, right now, what's working for you? So, Hannah, today, right now, what's one thing that's working for you with your mental health? Yeah, Um, I would say one thing that immediately comes to mind is the practice of gratitude, 
which sounds really basic or kind of like a background practice, like, oh, just be grateful, have gratitude. Mm. Um, I think of like drinking out of a mug that like reminds me to be grateful. And like, sure, that can be a helpful thing too. But for me, the practice of gratitude looks really tangible and really repetitive. So for me, every, every day at the end of my day, my partner and I ask each other, what's three good things from your day? And we started doing this like almost two years ago. And it felt kind of silly at the time because we spent most of our day together at that point where it's the middle of the pandemic and we live together. So it was just a lot of like, of course, I probably know the good things that are happening in your day, but just the practice of slowing down and having to say it out loud, acknowledge it. At first, those things started really obviously like, oh, a good thing was that that meeting I had went really successfully or a good thing was that we got to take a walk after work. And then as we began to do the practice every day, not only was it easier to spot more good things and, but it was also easy. It became easier to spot the internal things that I was seeing as good. So mm, over time, yeah. it's really just not been about noticing tangible things, but been noticing, oh, I was really resilient in that moment. Or I'm really proud of how I handled that hard conversation. And I don't think I would have thought of that as a good thing a couple yeah. of years ago or something to be grateful for. You know, we often think of the things to be grateful for as like a roof over our head and and those things. And heck yeah, I'm really grateful for those things too. Yeah. But the practice of gratitude has helped me notice kind of my internal growth and my own state of being as something to be grateful for as well. Mm-hmm. I'll also say that like what started as noticing three things has now, I mean, turned into 10, 15 plus things every day now when we say like, hey, what are your good things? Usually it's me talking for five minutes about different good things that I've noticed. Recalling and paying attention to those good things um, has not only really helped me notice or be grateful in that moment, but it helps me notice those things throughout the day too, because I'm excited to share them. I'm excited Mm. to celebrate them. So that's one practice that's really been working for me right now. Yeah. There's something about, you'll find what you look for, right? So if I'm looking for things to be grateful for, I'm going to see more of that throughout the day. Um, And I love how it's become automatic for you. When we start to intentionally look for things good, it may not have felt second nature, but now it's become a second nature practice for you. When you do yeah. something over and over and over, it get, just becomes automatic. Like, oh, yep, there's my grateful thing. Or we get in bed and the cue is we're going to talk about our day. Like, I just think it's one yeah. of ways we can set ourselves up to be successful and how that impacts you in the long run. It impacts you at the end of the day, connection with your partner. It impacts yeah. you as you look throughout the day for gratitude. It helps you have a better perspective on what you're going through. And it helps you feel like you're being more resilient when you do have something that's hard. That's awesome. Yeah. And for me, a huge piece of that has been um, the practice of it in community that it's not just me noticing it's us noticing together. It's me getting to share what I'm noticing. It's me being able to reflect on what they're noticing. So not only does that like keep me accountable to it, because some days I don't feel grateful going to sleep. I'm like, today sucked or yeah. I'm exhausted or I just want to go to bed. But I know someone's going to ask me about it. I know that at the end of the day, like I'm going to have to report on it. I have to come up with something by the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And it's not always cheery and I don't like I'm a pretty um 
if anyone that knows me knows, like, I love sad music. I love sad movies. I like to feel deeply. I'm not, like, an overly happy person. So being grateful also doesn't mean, like, ignoring the hard things. Or, like, I feel like I've noticed life has been pretty hard recently for me. And I feel like my gratitude is deeper because of those things. Like, it's not just here were the happy moments or here were the fun moments. Sometimes it is that, reclaiming those things amidst a hard season. But it's also just the noticing that what the heart is teaching or where I saw myself show up in the heart and having to do that in community is a whole nother level because it does take vulnerability. It takes courage. So that's something that with another person has been really impactful for me. What's a practice that is helping you right now? I love that. It's ironic because I thought of two practices and one is kind of similar of you at the end of the night with your partner, but it's something that I've started to do both at the front of the day with my daughter and the end of the day. And so depending on who takes her to school, we still do it. And then whoever tucks her in does it as well. But we start our day as we turn a specific corner going to daycare we do our affirmations. And I say, okay, Lucy, are you ready to do your affirmations? And sometimes she'll say, no, do yours first or whatever. Or I'll do Nora's, which is her little sister's. But we start to like say what's true about you. And we have little signals and we say like, I'm brave. And we touch our heart and I'm strong. And we flex our arm. We say, I'm smart. And we touch our head and I'm curious. And we, you know, tickle our chin. And it started out just as a practice that my husband was doing with our daughter in the morning. And I was like, I want in. And then I do mine. And she says, Mommy, what are yours? And and she'll like say things that are true about me. She'll say, you're kind of babies or you're funny. And it's a way for me to connect with myself, but also connect with her. And I find that when I don't do it, I miss it in my day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, we've started talking about our day. And I've started to implement some feelings check-ins, right? Like starting to create an opportunity for her to notice the different things she felt in the day. So I'll say, what was the best part of your day? What was something hard about your day? Um, and then we put feelings to that. Okay, so what's something that made you happy today? Was there something mm-hmm. that made you sad? And she always says, Mommy, what was your favorite part made you sad? Um, and if you want me... <laughs> I don't like to feel sad. Unlike Hannah, we are uh, polar opposites in that. I like the joy. (laughs) So favorite part made you sad is language that I don't like. But I've started to, even just the way that she puts that, like that there could be a favorite thing in your day that made you sad. (laughs) So I've, uh, I've been able to like connect with her and say, okay, this thing made me sad today and put it in her language and then ask her what made you sad. And usually it makes her sad she had to go to bed. But just creating an opportunity for her to connect in with her feelings and things that happened in her day. And I found for me, there's cues around it. Okay, we do this. We do it every single day. Um, And my day feels incomplete without it. And it's also just a moment to breathe because my life is really full right now. When people ask me, how are you? What's new? I don't say busy. I could say busy, but I just say my life is really full. I have two small children. I'm trying to plan a cross-country move. And I just came back to work after maternity leave. My life is really full. And there's a lot of really good things, and there's a lot of really hard things, and it's full. So these are both moments um, for me to bookmark my day and to just take a breather and connect in and not just get caught up in the doing. Um, It's a moment of reflection. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that practice. I love that you started that really for her. And now it's something you probably continue for her because you care yeah. about her well-being. But you also really continue it for 
for you as well. That yeah. even when Lucy says like, no, I'm not, I don't want to do mine today. Like, Great. I'm carrying on sister. You know, I like, got to do mine. I'm strong. I have what it takes. I'm kind of babies. Yeah. And I love for both of our practices that we chose, which we didn't sync up about this, um, no. but it's, it's cool that those, A, don't take any time, like that you're already doing something else, but really both of ours are the practice of noticing. And I think yeah. so much of our emotional mental well-being really is the practice of noticing and how if we took time to notice, not just at that queue on your drive and not just at the end of the day, even though that is really helpful, having rhythmic routine moments where we're prompted for something. But when we have that, I'm sure, like you said, about me, and I'm sure the same is about you, you begin to do it throughout the rest of your day too. Yeah, You can, when you are having a hard conversation at work or you're about to go talk to your realtor or whatever it is, where you can kind of internally, whether verbally or not, be, I'm strong, I am resilient, or even just noticing those emotions that you're feeling, like such... Uh, we have a, a class called Becoming Emotionally Smart, and really the whole premise of it is how to notice and understand your emotions and feelings and how really when you leverage that, when you can learn to engage with that and not hide from them, that that really unleashes in the class, we say it unlocks your superpower, but really it unleashes yeah. all other components of health because without the power of noticing, of paying attention, we really aren't going to make much ground anywhere else. It all kind of starts there. So it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I love that it's not a huge thing, but we just want to challenge you today to make one small action to care for your mental and emotional well-being. And so it might, I mean, one of uh, the posts that we have put out before on Instagram is just like ways to care for your mental health, and it's things like creating a to-do list, going outside, like small things. And so we just challenge you to check in with yourself of what's something small you can do today to prioritize you. And it becomes easier the more you do it. We just want to remind you that it doesn't take a lot of work and effort, but also that you're worth it. And so what is one small action you can take this week to instill some rhythms, some habits, some routine into your life to care for your mental and emotional health? Um, I love that it is, it can be that simple, that mental health doesn't have to be complicated. And if y'all are looking for a tool to kind of help support that, we um, recently released a free kind of micro class on how to hack your emotional health. And we all know that emotional health isn't one size fits all, but there are a lot of things that we all can benefit from. And one thing that really kind of goes along with what we've been talking about is the power of habits and leveraging habits. Yes to impact our emotional health. And I think when I think about habits, I think about like brushing my teeth and uh, <laughs> taking out the dog or like doing an app workout every day. And yes, those can all be habits, but really also like habits can stretch so beyond that and really yeah. stretch into a lot of what we were talking about. Like what becomes second nature? What do we ingrain into parts of who we are? And so yeah. like things like 
gratitude or like affirmations or like a feelings check-in. Those are all habits too. Ultimately habits are just the things that consciously and unconsciously we do repetitively over time. And if since we're already doing these things consciously or subconsciously, why not make them work for us and leverage them to impact our emotional health? And so that's all about what this little class is about. It is led by my good pal Mackenzie here. Uh And it's just really tangible. It's quick. um, It's free. is just really applicable, but it kind of breaks down what makes a successful habit, why habits actually affect real lasting change, and then how to implement it into our lives. And so I know it's been really impactful for me, and I think that it will just be a really valuable tool for anyone that can dive into it. And like I said, it's free and available at experienceonsite.com backslash habits. And so if you're wanting to kind of pick up some new routines that impact and encourage your mental health journey this month, um, I can't encourage you enough to just go check that out. I hope that you guys all check it out and implement it into your daily routines. You had such a good pitch, I had nothing to add. Oh, great. Well, Mick, I always love chatting with you. I think I could go on forever, but uh, I hope that um, whoever's listening just feels like they can be a part of these conversations with us and know that we're cheering you on. We are with you in it. We are too just trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. setting grace in the process and just knowing that your mental health is worth it, that my mental health is worth it, yeah. and that we can do what we can with what we have today, and that's good enough. Mm, that's such a great encouragement. So signing off. Mackenzie and Hanny, happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Thank you for listening today and for committing valuable time to share space with these powerful stories. Make sure you hit subscribe to get all of our inspiring conversations with these incredible people delivered directly to you. And if you found this conversation particularly impactful, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 